Have you ever missed something that's right in your face? Let's have a look at the screens. Or if you know this, don't tell your friends because that just ruins the fun. Look at the white man. I'd actually never watched that to the end, so I did not know that was about cyclists, but there you go. <laughs> did you get it, though? It's easy to miss something that you're not looking for. Say if you're, you're really not a Batman fan, and you're on a train, and Batman's sitting next to you. You don't even notice, because you're not seeing who Batman really is. as the most awesome hero character ever, much better than Superman. Tonight we're going to be looking at not really seeing. So not seeing the whole picture, the actual picture, what it really is. And as we look at that, we're going to look at three different points. Firstly, the disciples, they didn't see it. The blind man could see it and therefore sight was given to him. And lastly, Jesus is the king. So the first point. The disciples could not see. Let's read verses 31 to 34. Jesus took the twelve aside and told them, We are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be delivered over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, and spit on him. They will fog him and kill him. On the third day he will rise again. The disciples did not understand any of this. Its meaning was hidden from them, and they did not know what he was talking about. Now here we have, it's a statement, a statement said by Jesus. And if you read the Bible a fair bit, Jesus doesn't always give clear statements. He's actually fairly murky in what he's saying. But here we have a clear statement. It's not a riddle. It's not a question. It's not a parable. It's not an anecdote. It's just a statement. A statement in which Jesus says, we're going to Jerusalem. All the prophecies about the Son of Man will be fulfilled, which is him. I'm going to get beaten, killed, and then three days later, rise again. Now, the Son of Man, the title that he gives himself, sort of like a meaningful nickname or a meaningful title. So sort of a, a name that isn't actually his, like it's not his name, but is a title given to him, almost like a king, King James. James's name isn't king, it's James. It's just a title. And we'll look into that title a bit later and what that actually means, but notice that he's talking about himself in this section. And so we read this statement and... 
Well, we look at it and we go, that's not really that confusing. Jesus is simply talking about how he's going to die on the cross and he's going to rise three days later. If we can see it, why couldn't the disciples? Because verse 34 says that they did not understand any of what he just said. Its meaning was hidden from them. They didn't know what he was talking about. Now, it's important to note literature, much like now, if you wanted to drive a point home, you would say it again. You'll notice a lot of talkers up here on a main point will say it and then say it again. And if it's really, really important, we'll say it a third time. Here, we have the author. He really wants to drive this point home. The disciples, they did not see. They did not understand. Now, what's going on? Because if anyone was going to understand what Jesus is talking about, it's going to be his disciples. These guys were literally walking around Jesus. They were literally witnessing what Jesus was doing. If anyone was going to know, it was them. Their path was set for them. They knew that they were on the end journey. Jesus proclaimed this to them clearly and often that he was on his way to death in Jerusalem. Yet they still did not see. But how, how could they not understand? It's so obvious. Well, I think there actually could be a few reasons why they didn't understand. First one is that God actually hid the meaning from them. So that they were unable to see because God made it so. The second one is that much like we do, we think we know everything and we think we know the most out of everyone. The disciples would have known a lot about what Jesus should have been doing. They would have thought, awesome, here's our king. He's going to throw off Rome and we're going to be a great nation again. And then he says he's going to die. So they just didn't understand. See, the disciples, yeah, they would have thought he was going to reign as king. They didn't think he was going to die a humiliating death. And thirdly, they were just caught up in the moment. You know, they were living with the king. You know, that party, that flow, it's not going to stop. So they didn't think that he was going to die because they just thought it was going to go forever. This is the guy who is healing everyone. Surely he will not die. Now, looking at those reasons why they did not see, let's take some application for us. So firstly, that the God hid the meaning from them. God reveals things and hides things. As Christians, that should give us great humility and great confidence in how we talk to our friends. Humility. God is the one who does everything. God is the one who saves, not us. We should be humble because we actually aren't the ones who save. It's all God. And then on the plus side of that, it's all God. And that should give us confidence. No matter how bad we are at evangelizing, God's the one who saves, not you. God can use anyone at any time for his purpose. Have confidence in your evangelism because you have a great God who saves. The second point about how they brought what they thought they knew Jesus should do, don't bring what you think the Bible should be saying to the Bible. 
So don't bring your preconceived notions to what you think the Bible should say. Oh, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss what the Bible is saying. You're not going to see it because you're going to think it's off somewhere else. Just like the video. Your focus is going to be on something else and you're going to miss the big dancing bear in the middle. Either way, yeah, we'll miss the real meaning. So the disciples are missing it. They're not seeing the real picture. Don't fall into that trap. Now, you've probably heard this illustration. That's okay. It's a great one. Um, You're on a bus. So this is for missing it. You know, not seeing the place you're in, not seeing the situation you're in. You're on a bus and you're chilling at the back because we're all backseat bandits here. And this guy in front of you, and he's pretty big, you know, similar to me, but, well, that will get funnier, actually, as the story goes on. Similar to me. Now, these punk teenagers start picking on him. You know, yap, 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 whole time, non-stop, this guy just leaves it. Yap, 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 whole time. Comes to the time when it's the guy's stop to get off. He stands up. Now, as he stands up, you don't realise how big he actually was. And he gives, you a, he gives the teenagers a card, like a business card. And he walks off the bus and leaves it as it is. Teenagers look at the business card. It says, Joe Fraser, world heavyweight champion. <laughs> Those teenagers did not see the situation within. They are picking on possibly... The one person you should not pick on. They did not see who he was. And luckily for them, if this story is true, I don't know if it's true, but I like to think it's true. (laughs) If it's true, lucky for them, Joe Fraser didn't do anything because he probably would have killed them. See how me and him are similar in a lot of ways. (laughs) The guys didn't understand. They didn't see it. The disciples at this time, they don't see Jesus for who he really is. They see someone important. They are following. They are praising him. They are going to Jerusalem with him. But they don't see who he is. So, apply this to us. Find out all you can about Jesus. If you call yourself a Christian, don't stop looking at him. Don't stop seeing. Always try and learn. Go to everything you can. Read as much as you can. Ask as many questions as you can. Continually go, go, go. Learn as much as you can. So you don't miss out on what's actually being said. So you don't miss the point. Now, if you're not a Christian or you're someone here who's just looking at it, look at it. Actually spend time, effort, in finding out as much as you can about Jesus. Because this is the one who came to earth as our saviour king to save his people. Don't let the busyness of school... Now, let's be honest, school, you're actually not that busy. It's actually a pretty big breeze. It actually gets busier and busier and busier. Don't put it off, because if you put it off, then you'll put it off again. Start now... Look. So that's the first point. The disciples missed it. Point two. The blind man, he could see it. Therefore, his sight was given to him. 
So let's read verses 35 to 42. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. And when all the other people saw it, they also praised God. We have here a blind beggar sitting on the roadside. Now, it's actually important to notice this blind beggar is actually pretty smart because if you were a blind beggar and you wanted to be on any road you could be to get the most generous things, it would have been on this road at this time because it's on the way to the Passover feast where everyone would have been going by, happy and joyous, remembering how God saved them from Egypt. They would have been feeling generous and charitable. He would have scored. So he's on the right road. Anyway, he's on the road and people going by and this, this crowd goes by and it must have alerted him in some way that the rest didn't. And he asked them, what's going on? And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth was walking by. Now, what he does next is actually a good clue in telling us that although the beggar was blind, he could truly see. Because the beggar replies, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Well, let's look at why that's a clue. See, when the the crowd told the blind beggar that Jesus of Nazareth was strolling through, the name that they were giving him, it was kind of like a first and last name. So it's almost like they were going, Sam, Carney's walking through. Because back then there was no last names. You had to put a description at the end so people could tell who you actually were. So if I was walking by, it would have been Sam the teacher or Sam some of Glynn or Sam of Forrester's Beach. So the beggar hears this name, Jesus of Nazareth, and he replies, Jesus, son of David. See, the, the title son of David, it was a kingly title. It was a saviour title. This title was part of a long line lost of David. In the time of Jesus, this title would have been given to someone who was the promised one the one who would sit eternally on the throne of David and reign. But we'll get a bit about that later. The beggar, although he doesn't see the actual Jesus with his eyes, he sees Jesus for who he really is. He asks for mercy. He understands that Jesus is someone who is able to give mercy. Keep going through the passage. He calls out. The crowd tells him pretty much to shut up. He persists. He persists because he knows who Jesus is. Now, if he thought if Jesus of Nazareth was just some walking by and he's blind and he's yelling and a bunch of people are telling him to shut up, you would shut up. You're the blind one. You're the one that won't be able to do anything. 
Yet he persists because he knows and he sees who Jesus really is. So Jesus stops and orders the blind man to be brought in front of him. He asks the blind man a question, what do you want to do for me? And first time I read it, I thought that kind of would have sounded like a, you know, oh, what do you want me to do for you? But it's not that. It's a genuine ask for what Jesus can do for him. It's, what can I do for you? He's not trying to be harsh. He's not trying to be a jerk. He is genuine. And the blind man says, Lord, I want to see. And here comes the slam dunk of Jesus's in this parable. He says, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, the blind man, not, immediately he receives his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. And when all the people saw this, they also praised God. Jesus heals the blind beggar. The blind beggar saw that Jesus was the son of David. He understood he understood and he acted accordingly. Now, most of you should have a job, although you 12 boys are very lagging at the moment in an occupation. Say you're in Subway or Mackey D's and you're at the counter and who walks in? The Queen, the Queen of England. Now, I don't even know if actually you will notice if the Queen walks in, but <laughs> someone of my age would know. I would recognise it. She walks in. Are you going to... Keep speaking the way you have been to every other customer? <laughs> no. Your thank yous and pleases are going to come out like never before. You're actually going to be polite. You see who the person is. You see how important they are. And you act accordingly. So let's have a quick little look at what the three things the blind beggar does. He humbles himself. He asks for mercy and he has trust and faith. He sees who God is. No, he sees who Jesus is and knows what he has to do. He asks for mercy. Notice the first sentence he actually says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The first thing this blind beggar asks for is to have mercy on him. Now, if you're blind... For a long time, you haven't seen anything for a long, long time. And you have a man here who has healed, every, healed a lot of people of all different things. You know he can heal you. Your first question is going to be, can you give me sight? Unless you truly see who Jesus was and you truly see yourself. You truly see yourself humbly and sinful, and you truly see Jesus as the king. So, application, humble yourself before Jesus. Realise that we bring nothing. Jesus gives us everything. We have nothing to boast in. As well as that, don't think that nobody... Don't think that people can't be saved. Here we have a blind beggar. Now, it's not like it is now where there's so much support and infrastructure and help that we all help each other. Back then, he would have been low. He wouldn't have been treated well. He would have been considered less. Yet he is the one 
to see. And we see in the start of the chapter, the Pharisee and tax collector. You see the one guy who everyone thinks is the most religious, goody-goody, two-shoes ever. And the other side, the tax collector, the sinful man who is thieving from his own people. Yet the tax collector sees. He is saved. Jesus can save anyone. Jesus can give anyone sight. That should help us in our evangelism. Because no matter how they are towards it, Jesus can give them sight. And that brings me to my third point. That Jesus, he is the Messiah. So in this chunk, we have an insight into the nature of who Jesus is. In verse 31, it says, Jesus took the twelve aside and told them, we're going up to Jerusalem and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. They will flog him, they'll kill him, he'll rise again. But let's actually look at the Son of Man. Everyone turn to Daniel chapter 7. And I really should have done this before I hopped up here. Daniel is super hard. People help me. I'm up to Jeremiah. Ezekiel? Hosea. All right, I'm there, actually. That was actually quicker than I was expecting. So chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and people of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. The Son of Man will be a king. A king of great authority, of great glory, of great power. And his kingdom... It shall never pass away. It will never be destroyed. So when Jesus calls himself the Son of Man, he's calling himself that king. He's referring to himself as the king of Daniel, the eternal king. So we have the Son of Man. Now look at the Son of David. Everyone turn to 2 Samuel chapter 7. It is before kings. Thank you, Greenpoint, for teaching me that. Two Samuel seven, verses eleven to sixteen. Actually, ten to sixteen. And I will provide a place for my people Israel. And will plant them so that they have a home of their own and no longer will be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore as they did at the beginning and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will also give you rest from all your enemies. 
The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him with a rod wielded by men, with floggings inflicted by human hands. But my love will never be taken away from him, as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. Here God, he's talking to David, and he says, from your house, from your family line, so from your offspring, offspring's offspring, there will be a king, a king whose kingdom will endure forever. So when the beggar calls Jesus the son of David, he's calling him this king. He sees that this man that's walking by is much more than he seems. Now, it's a bit like, well, I thought it was a bit like this. I don't actually know if you know this guy as well, actually. Bruce Lee? Yeah, yeah maybe you've heard of him, not seen him. Well, anyway, Bruce Lee is this guy who's pretty good at Kung Fu. Now, you look at him, and he's probably one of the most scrawny-looking, thin not intimidating people ever. Yet this guy is one of the best kung fu ever at kung fu. Looking at him, he's nothing. You know, he's just some skinny little man. But then you see what he can actually do. And you're in awe. It is said, you know, this is true, that Bruce Lee is the only guy that Chuck Norris could not take down. Couldn't happen. This guy's nuts. You're looking at him, but you're not seeing him for who he really is. He's not this little skinny guy. He's so much more. And so the main point I want you to get is to see that this Jesus, he's king. He's Messiah. Don't miss out on it because you're not looking. There's a saying out there that there are none so blind as those who refuse to see. Have a think about it. There are none so blind as those who refuse to see. Don't cancel out God before you've even looked into it. Don't say God's not real when you've never actually thought about it. Look into it. Now, here's some more application. First of all, look to Jesus. Look to the King. For those that are here and are Christian, awesome. Continually look to Jesus. For those that are here that aren't Christian, great to have you. Keep coming. Look into Jesus. Look at the evidence. Ask leaders questions about whether this is actually true. They do still exist. Read a book. They are actually really helpful. Don't let the business of now stop you from doing what's internally important. Don't focus on this tiny little thing when there's the whole of eternity out there. Don't miss it. 
Because when the final day comes and Jesus returns to judge the world and he asks you, why didn't you follow me? And you say, I just didn't see you. I'm telling you now, he makes himself so clear to you. Right now, here, this creation, it's all around us. We are without excuse. We don't see it because we don't look. We don't see it because we don't want to see it. Ask your leaders as much as you can. That's why we're here. Secondly, so firstly, we have looked to Jesus. Secondly, follow Jesus. Look at what the blind beggar does. Now, this guy hasn't seen for a long time, if ever, I think, actually. The first thing he does. Now, if you hadn't seen anything for so long, actually, you don't even know what anything looks like. I'd be going around trying to find as much images as I can, looking at that mountain, looking at that wall, looking at that pyramid. What's he do? He follows Jesus. He gets up and he follows where Jesus goes. He sees that this man is the king and he follows him. Do we follow Jesus? The blind man looks at his situation and knows that Jesus is his king and Jesus calls for his life. Jesus calls for him to follow him. Thirdly, praise God. Again, look at what the beggar does, the one who sees. He praises God. I mean, we sing, and that's awesome. Singing is great. But do we actually praise God other times? How often do we pray? How often do we praise God while we're buttering our toast? There is so much dead time in our day when we actually don't think about God at all. How often do we actually praise God? This guy literally gets up and starts praising him on the road. Fourthly, be thankful for what Jesus has done for you. Jesus died on the cross for us. He rose three days later so that we could have a relationship. Jesus has this precious gift on offer a free gift to the faithful, trusting person. Are we actually thankful for that fact? Are we thankful that even though we are sinners, we're able to, through Jesus, sing praises to God in heaven? Do we give Jesus enough thanks? Because we really only have, you know, 70, 80s, this tiny little what we have here on earth, it's nothing. Don't spend it looking for things that aren't eternal. See the eternal king. Look for him. All right, I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you so much for your son. Um, Thank you for your mercy on us. I pray that uh, we will follow you, um, that we will put you king of our life as where you belong. Yeah, amen.